you know, like it's 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 way deeper than just the money. You know, I used to be excited to have a conversation about the money until it's like, well, we're making money. Okay, so what else are we doing? You know, he has a he has a, a child. Our children are a couple months apart. Now I'm going to a, to birthday parties, man. Like, how are we gonna get these kids growing up together, man? Like, it's so he, he's he's super important to me. That's good. Yeah, and I think back to in my story. You know, there are people I can point to. My wife being one of the greatest. Your wife's it, awesome. And yeah, she is. She she's, made my wife feel really comfortable at that. Yeah, well, she's the nicest person on the planet Earth. Yeah, and she she sometimes does stuff. She goes, "You still think I'm nice?" I'm like, "Well, except for that, like, <laughs> you're the nicest person." But she's she's one of the people in my life, and I think back there's also some negative influences. There are people that did terrible things to me, and that did that put me in terrible positions, or or haters like you talked about that motivated me to be who I am today. In today's ultra-competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business. Well, welcome back to the show. I'm the real Jason Duncan. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to The Root of All Success. Uh, I do this show to help you as an entrepreneur learn what people like my guest today, Alfonso, you'll, I'll introduce him in a minute, what, how they became so successful. So today's show is not any different than the rest. We're going to talk with another amazingly successful entrepreneur about how he built such a successful company, how he lives a success, successful life as a husband, as a father, as a business owner. We're going to talk about all that stuff. But let me say this before we get into the intro of Alfonso today. I want to thank you for listening, as I already said, but also if you watch this, you can go to youtube.com slash the real Jason Duncan and you can watch this episode. We're recording at the standard of the Smith House here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's 18,000 square feet of Southern sophistication and style. It's a great private, private club. That's actually where I met our guest for today. Alfonso and I met here at the club. We're both members and after coming to know him and spending some pretty cool, he, he's a funny dude, you're gonna like this guy, talking about some cool stuff. And I thought, you need to be on the show. You've got a great story, you need to come on the show. But thank you for watching on YouTube, thank you for subscribing. And if you haven't left me a review, it would mean a lot to me if you'd go do that. And here's why, because the reviews on podcasts are like currency. If you put, if you put a review, and that those higher reviews get us higher to the list on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, whatever, and more people see the show, more people can learn, Etc. Uh, I, I would love to say it's currency for me, but I don't make any money. This <laughs> cost me a lot of money to put this show on, but I love doing it because I want to help people like you figure out success. All right. With all that being said, let me tell you about today's guest. It's Alfonso Harvey. Alfonso Harvey is a great dude here in Nashville. He's born actually in North Carolina, raised in Florida. We were just talking about that a moment ago, where he's from in Florida. My wife and I spent some time uh, last year in there, in that area. Uh, but he's raised uh, in Florida, came to uh, t Nashville to play football at Vanderbilt. And he got his undergrad degree at Vanderbilt. He got a, an MBA from Regis University. And he has a company called Music City Med Inc., where he uh, sells medical devices to ex uh, for expecting mothers, which is a really interesting thing because at the last I checked, people are still getting pregnant and having babies. And so it's like a a never-ending stream of people that need his medical equipment and services. And we'll talk a little bit about how he got into that, why he does that, and what kind of what how he became so successful at it. But the thing that he's most proud of is that he is a husband and he is a father, and he's got some exciting news about his fatherhood and things are going on in his life. But the other cool stuff about his story is he's been top 40 under 40 here in Nashville. He's won many awards with a Catalyst Award at the Entrepreneur Center here in Nashville. Uh, with SBA Scale Up program. The guy's no slouch. He's a, a very successful, amazing entrepreneur, and I'm glad to welcome him to the root of all success today. So, Alfonso, 
Hey, man. It's glad to have you here, man. I'm so glad we're doing this. Hey, I'm glad to be here. It's and, a beautiful and day. And, yeah, and we're having a little uh, little guidance old-fashioned here. We we know guidance, right? Yes, we, know we embrace guidance. guidance. <laughs> <laughs> we embrace it. So let's start with this, man. So I want to, I wanna, obviously, I want to talk most about your entrepreneurial journey. Sure. But but one of the things that you are most proud of, and you talked about it, is that you are a husband and father, and you're very committed. And, and I had the pleasure, my wife and I, at the last event here at the club, got to sit and eat eat with you and your wife. Yep. And uh, I went back, got ice cream, and you guys decided not to end the, end <laughs> do the ice cream. and ice cream. <laughs> It's not a good pair. So tell, tell me about when when did you meet your wife and tell tell that story real quick. So that's that's awesome. I met my wife ten years ago at a concert because at the time I was doing concert promotion. I've always been an entrepreneur guy, even when I was working corporate America, and so I was the straight guy. I would I would call and, and hey, you know, at concerts you give away tickets, and I was the guy who said, "Hi, uh, Tanisha, I'm here to pick up these tickets." Beautiful woman, I was trying to be the guy, the one guy that didn't try to talk to her. But anyways, we did the show, show was successful, and I asked her for lunch a week later. And uh, of course, she was still very guarded, and I was opening doors and throwing jackets down on the sidewalk, man, oh just trying gosh. to impress this woman. And we met then, we dated other people in between about, but, but it was very funny because from 2012 to now, we've spent every birthday together for some reason, whether I'm taking her out for hers or she's coming to the place where mine, but we became a couple in 2015 and a family in 2019 and we got married in 19. It was, it was like the best decision ever. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And you got, you got kids. Yeah. I got, got, got a namesake and uh, <laughs> he, he runs the house. Um, and then we have a little member on the way. We don't know the, know the uh, sex yet, but they're all a blessing. So, I mean, life's pretty good. Congratulations. Man. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So you come from uh, the Daytona Beach area, kind of that, is Daytona that right? Beach. Yeah, Daytona Beach, and you moved to Nashville for Vanderbilt. Yeah. And you came up here to play football primarily, is that right? Is yeah, that yeah, I was a, I was a <clears throat> nationally recruited a player had about 35 offers uh, when I was coming out, but I chose Vanderbilt because there was four, three guys from the neighborhood. Our miss, my high school uh, homecoming queen came here at the same time. So it was like four of us up here and it was the best school that was closest to home. And I had an opportunity to play in the SEC. So that was really cool. Being, a, being somewhere where my parents could come and travel to some of the games or come to Nashville, that was awesome, and then the education was was life changing too. So yeah, that I mean, I, Vanderbilt obviously is known to be one of the top schools for education, not necessarily known to be top schools in football. That's I think changing. That's, that's changing. Change. Uh, like, I, and listen, being from Nashville myself, I always have rooted. Uh, yeah, I want the home team. I sure. want the home team to win. So, um, what did you play? What what position? I was a defensive tackle and uh, defensive lineman. Um, just just had a ball with it. Ended up starting, better part of three years while I was there, and um, got to play against 21 first round picks. I got I did sack Tim Couch twice in the game. All right. So I, I didn't <laughs> suck. <laughs> well, good for you, man. <laughs> but it was fun. But that was a that was kind of the makings of a man kind of period. It was my gauntlet, you know, my initial gauntlet. Then I experienced a few more later on in life. But I realized from my collegiate days, if I could get past being a starter to going to a backup on scout team and working my way back to being a starter, you know, I wasn't going to be de defeated regardless of what happened in life. So what did you, you, so you got, you got, you chose Vanderbilt out of all the offers and opportunities. Yep. What did you study when you were at Vanderbilt? <clears throat> Undergrad or organizational development, you know, Back then, they had a 29-hour business administration minor. It made absolutely no sense to do that. But when you got in the organizational development program, you learned about how you were motivated, how you motivated small groups, um, the forming, the norming, storming, performing, you know, resolution, dissolution of, of groups, group behavior. So I learned how to be a leader. Um, it really 
they really challenge you to learn what your, your personal leadership style was, how, you mo how you're motivated, how you motivate people. Um, and then kind of the capstone is you went and did an internship. So for me, uh, I'm a guy that takes advantage of my opportunities. So at Vanderbilt, you know, I graduated in three and a half years, but I never took more than 12 hours because I was up here in summer school every year. Yeah. You know, just learning the system. Vanderbilt was really the, the first place where I learned systems and how to interact within systems. Know what the parameters are so that you can maneuver through those. And that really has stayed with me since, you know. Well, you didn't finish there. You went and got an MBA at Regis. Yeah, yep. I, I utilized my, when I was a corporate guy, you know, they had those great reimbursement programs for grad school. So for two years, I didn't watch Sunday football. And I got it done. Regis is a great Jesuit school um, based out of Denver, Colorado. I actually had a chance in 2019 to go visit the campus because I was a, a distance learner. I was in that initial wave of online learning. Um, but I got to visit the campus. I was pretty glorious. Um, so it, it was good. You know, it, 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 it all was part of my story. You have an interesting mantra about, about life. What, what, oh, yeah. what's your mantra? Oh, there are no problems, just unfound solutions. I've heard you say that before and didn't really realize that was kind of your thing yeah. until I was prepping for the show. But that's really interesting. How did you come up with that? Well, I mean, I, I learned it from a guy that I didn't really like a long time ago. You know, he irritated me to a point of, of moving from my present position to being something greater. But that was his thing. It was, there are no problems, just unfound solutions. And when I sat back and thought about that, you know, I kind of been practicing that my whole life. First, the earliest memory is my dad uh, forgot to pick me up from basketball camp and I had to <laughs> figure out how I was gonna get home. <laughs> That's a that's an unfound solution. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but I had to figure it out. I had to make the adjustment. And um, you know, in business, you have to you have to pivot. You got to move like a snake. Got to be able to pivot. You got to be able to, to 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 move quickly at times and thoughtfully at others when you have a little bit more time to plan. So, kind of the lessons that that were in my formative years, they really still had relevancy even later on. You know, uh, the kid, the kid, like, you know, dealing with children, you always have something that changes and it's supposed to be A, B, C, D. It, it may go A to Z to F back to B. Yeah, it's <laughs> not you, linear. Yeah. No, you just have to keep going. So um, I'm, I'm motivated in that way and I'm not a, a person that takes defeat. I'm going to learn in my losses, but I keep going, you know. I just keep going. That's great, man. So you you didn't go straight from Vanderbilt to uh, to Regis to to entrepreneurship. It, you you no. stopped along the corporate route for a long time, actually. So tell yeah. me about that. How did you get into the corporate thing? Ton of value learned in a corporate environment where people could spend millions of dollars on developing my skill set. Um, like most kids getting out of college back then, I needed a job, and the first job I took led me to corporate America. I was actually a, it was an entrepreneurial job where I ran a moving company. And I literally was given an office and a yellow uh, page and I was told to call people to find business. Now there's a lot of people who don't know what the yellow pages are. I know, I'll man. Come on. I know. <laughs> Yellowpages.com. It used to be a book. It used to be a book. They would deliver and leave it in your driveway yes. or on your front porch. Yes. And if you didn't pick it up, you had this Soggy. soaky, wet glob of, of paper. But uh, they gave me that on the phone and I found my way. That experience on my resume uh, allowed me to interview for more jobs when I went back to Vanderbilt and went to the uh, Career Center. Cause I was like, I can't do this forever. But within, I got that job in June after graduating in May. And by November, I was hired at, at uh, UPS, which was, and I bring up UPS because that, that was 15 years of my life. And the cool thing was when I got hired November 1st, it was a week before they went public. And during that time, there were people who had been given stock privately as part of the compensation. Well, good old UPS did a six for one split before they went public and then opened at the original sales price. So you had people that overnight became multimillionaires 
I've never seen in eight days of working, people went from probably a quarter million up to 1.5. And I was like, man, this is a magical time to be here. It also let me know that I would never make that kind of money there, but I need to get skills from here um, so that I can take it when I go do my own thing. Yeah. So corporate life was mostly at UPS. Yeah, I had six different careers there. It was great. Um, started out as an industrial engineer in that in that world for six years, and then I did other jobs. The greatest job I had was being in sales. That's really where I, I got to fly. And I, you know, when you're in a corporate environment, trust me, we want great employees. Every business owner wants great employees. But there's um, also a, a cap on that for you. And I'll never forget this, Jason. There was a guy, uh, he was selling a Shurion. And a Shurion just came to Nashville. They spent $55 million on shipping. And I think this guy got a 300K commission check, which they changed the rules after that, mm -hmm. right? And, and that kind of led me down the path that I'm on now, which was, I was an entre I was a, 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 I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was scared to make that jump, but I, I sold an account that spent a million dollars with me in three months, and I got a five k bonus check. I was like, "This is five thousand dollars." Yeah, this is economic disparity. Okay, I'm obviously pretty good at doing some of this stuff. I need to be compensated for it, yeah. and that really, really got me. That shook me out the nest. And I said, man, I can't undervalue who I am or what I can do. Let me figure out where I can get to that's going to help me um, kind of maximize my opportunities in life. So what year was that when they, you kind of made that? That was, I was, and this is, a, you'll find this with a lot of entrepreneurs too. I was 35. About 35 is when people, it, it, the light kind of comes on for people that have been well taken care of corporate people. Right, about 35, you're ready to make a move. So um, that was nine, almost 10 years ago now. Um, and I, I said, I went back to the source, went back to Vandy, called my old teammates. Cause if Vandy, most, most football players, they go be PE coaches. If Vanderbilt, <laughs> you know, you're gonna go be a pharmaceutical rep or you're gonna go like sell life insurance or be a money guy. And then down the road, there's somebody that's a, a, a coach. Nothing wrong with that, but people have the ability to help you right. make a, 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 a handsome living. So I started talking to my pharma buddies, and I realized in that industry, they go to market two ways. One is they have, um, they pay you to go to their school to learn that one drug. They pay you a salary, put, put a variables in the matrix, and, and you're going to make one to 300K based off of commission. Or you're the person that has the relationships in the community and the marketing budget that they would spend um, to bring that product to market, they'll put that in the commission pool. So you can make 40, 50% off of what you bring if you're that guy or, or, or gal. So I, I went that route because I already had a job and I started carrying some products uh, that were very lucrative. I didn't quite believe in them because it was just too too much money being made off this stuff. But along that path is what led me into medical equipment because I found out a friend of mine had a company, had a business that was in that industry after I responded to an ad. It's a great thing about corporate America. They'll teach you how to hunt, teach you, teach you how to find, how to navigate to the people you want to get to. So I found the person I needed to and realized it was a lifelong friend it was his business. <laughs> and we sat down, had a conversation at a Panera Bread, it's supposed to be 30 minutes, turned into four hours, and the rest is history. And you didn't know him before that? Because I think I know who you're talking about. I didn't know he did that. We were hangout buddies. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know he did. I didn't know. I didn't know. That's interesting. Now, see, that's an interesting part of the story. So we're talking about Jason Rigel. Yes. Right? So the guidance, the yes. proprietor of guidance. Jason's cool. been on the show. Also a friend of mine uh, through the standard. Yes. So you knew Jason, but not the fact that he was in the, he was an entrepreneur doing medical devices. Man, I listen, I saw an ad with a, a nice looking young lady jogging with a good knee brace on. And I <laughs> and it said like by Jason. And I, I inboxed him immediately. You know, you, that's what salespeople do is we find who the source is. 
and said, hey man, do you know anything about this company? And he said in his fashion, dude, it's my company. And I was like, dude, I need to meet with you. And it has gone from that. We said we're gonna buy a Panera Bread one day. Just because- Because that's where you met. That's four hours of, of deep dive, showing me the business, me showing him what I was doing, and then making a decision to, to kind of move forward in a, a great partnership. And, and is that when you started Music City Med? Mm-hmm. And what what was your first, what were you selling? What was your product? So back in the day, I was I was pushing um, these, these pharmacies, uh, specialty boutique pharmacies. They would find drug reps that had a community that they could sell to and would tell that drug rep to bring this product to my community. And it would be something compounded. It would be all FDA approved stuff, but the pharmacist would put it, would com compound it for a, a different iteration of that. So you, you may have like a lidocaine and, or you may have a pain cream or a scar cream or all of that stuff that was back in, in vogue from like 2010 to 2015. Um, and it was paying. It was it was highly lucrative. The patients really liked it, um, but you know, whenever you make too much money in something, it's gonna get regulated. So I saw the end before the end came and I wanted something I could believe in. My parents have always, um, my dad in particular, got rest his soul. Um, he always believed in homeopathic, holistic medicine. So, you know, if you got sick, it was a hotty toddy. You know, <laughs> it was, uh, you're gonna smell like a locker room cause he's gonna put that bomb, that tiger bomb on you. <clears throat> and he always would use like knee braces and stuff. So I wanted to get into something like that. That was non-invasive, but also had, you know, people can tell you, man, my knee brace helps me feel better. It's like, you know, you can't doubt that a crutch is gonna help you if your knee, your leg is bothering you. Right. I wanted to be able to sell stuff that, that had the name recognition, but also wasn't so controversial because I don't need to go to Hawaii on every sale. You know, let me let me go to the beach up here in uh, Rayon, Ray, was it Rayon City? Uh. Yeah, let me go, <laughs> let me go there all the time, man. That's, I that's funny. <laughs> man, I've been there, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Right off the power plant. Yeah, that water's safe. Anyways. Um, but you did, so you, so you, Jason helped you get into the business. You were selling uh, the, the FDA approved drugs for cream, for yeah. scars and, 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 that, and pain. But then you're like, well, I want to do something a little different. And, and did that, where did you go from there? Was it actually into braces and crutches and, yeah. and that type of it devices? Was in, into the, the, the orthosis, into the, the palliative care, which is just supportive post-surgery want to help you get back to your healthy life uh and that's a wide book that's that's geriatric that's you know people post-surgery i mean it was just it was i mean you're carrying everything were you who were you selling to yeah i mean old folks that that so you walk to the users to the yeah users. yeah i was going to consumers how do you find i mean how does that work do they just look you up in the yellow pages and well, find you, or what how does that work this is why i'm a patient acquisition Savant. Yes, I heard about this. Um, I, I am really good at this because it was born out of necessity. And it was also, you know, people think stuff you do in your youth doesn't translate in your 30s and 40s. Let me tell you something. Being a club promoter in college, party promoter, that skill set can translate. If you know how to, how to attract people, if you know how to engage people and get a market and have a predictable outcome. If you know that if I do X, Y, and Z as part of my, my rollout and I know I'm gonna get this result, man, you, you have a predictable business model. Take that, apply it somewhere where it's gonna make you more money. That's all I did. That's all I did. I love it. That's all, I mean, I'm telling you, that's all I did. I took that, how you engage people and, and, and during those times, of course, you're touching people on the shoulder, you're handing out a leaflet. Okay, how can we do that in a, in a healthcare environment? How can we build community and understand and educate a bunch of people and help them be able to onboard into your system? And that's what made me somewhat of a maverick because people during that time, when I got started, they would buy data. They would buy leads, which is illegal. You can't do that. 
gotta generate your own stuff, especially when you're dealing with like Medicaid, Medicare. Can't do that. People have to come to you. Mm. And um, I took the very long road, but once you build, as like you're doing here, you're building an audience, you're building a following. Well, those people tell other people, and they tell other people. And then you throw some new marketing on top of that. So you went from so the, the pain and the scar creams and stuff right. like that to to devices. Mm -hmm. But that is, are you still doing devices or is yeah it yeah yeah. So we do devices, but um, the pivot point for me was I was you know there's a, a rapper that always says he's the first into doing something. I think it's Soldier Boy. I was the first rapper to do. I, in, in this DME space, I was one of the first guys that had relationships with call centers. I brought them the opportunity to, to carry my book of business, to talk to people that had responded to their advertisements. And all of that was born out of being a, an account executive at UPS and seeing what Medical Direct Club did because they were my key client that, that took me from where I was to, to elevate me as, to, to other places and they were <laughs> buy a bunch of advertisement get people to call in get these catheters these these supplies and I just I saw that and I said man I can do something better and um, I, I I think I did yeah well now your your focus from what I can tell is mostly for devices for expecting mothers right so, so how did you how did you do that we're gonna take a break from our show right now to bring you our sponsors. All right, thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. So that's a great question. So, you know, I told you I met my, my wife in 2012. We started dating seriously in 15. And from that time, one, one of the things I love about my wife is she is a phenomenal supporter of whatever I do. Um, and so she would get my equipment, right? And she'd get it and some of it she could use, you know, some of it she just, she just got it. I, I appreciated that because everything counted back then when I was getting rolling. Um, we got pregnant and it hit me like a, we, we were pregnant and getting married in the same year. And what changed my life was we were high risk and um, man, we went from having to fly from being able to fly home to get married, three hours of, of, of transportation time to having to do a 21 hour road trip, there a round trip, because she couldn't fly. And during that time, I was like, man, this is where my life is now. At the same time, my wife was using the products and I was like, babe, why are you using that now? Cause she had had it three or four years. And her response was, because it makes me feel better. Light bulbs, light bulbs went off. If it's her feeling better, maybe other expecting moms can benefit from this too. So that led me to, I had a lot of time because she likes to drive. I was on the other side with the hotspot on reading the 20, 22 immutable laws of branding. Uh, I refocused the business, created a new, new naming to directly connect with consumers and I had a product that I was going to sell them. Um, so the, the brand went from Music City Med to Help to Moms because it helped my mom, my wife, yeah. right? And, and we created a pregnancy support kit. It's based off the products we had already been carrying. Repack, repackaging. That's what, it, that's what it was. Same stuff. Just different, different perspective, different offer. Yes. Same stuff. Same stuff. And we went from 179 clients to 5,000. Whoa, congratulations. <laughs> and growing, and, 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 but we're dialed in now. We know what we're doing. Um, we get 400 plus new patients a month. We, I mean, we were getting 10. So what is the device like? Tell me, what, what was it? <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's the commonality. The devices are cool. I think it's a marriage of the devices that are needed because uh, expecting moms have swollen legs and feet. They got aches and pains and um, they got lower, bang, lower back pain. Here's the thing. When you're pregnant, you can't take anything beyond Benadryl. So you're looking for relief. 
you're looking for relief. And we were able to craft a compelling message and also create a platform, which is probably my biggest thing. I'm, I created a platform that enables them to get access to this stuff within five minutes. Well, it takes them five minutes on their time. They can do it from the cell phone. They can do it from the work computer. They can share the link with their friends. And then the piece that I'm really, really, really proud of beyond that, Jason, is that we've, because we grew the business initially by doing health fairs, touching people on the shoulder. When I got back from being married uh, or from getting married, from being married, <laughs> I'm still married. <laughs> when I got back from our, our, our honeymoon, man, I, I did 42 health fairs. You talk about a motivated man. I was I had a wife yeah. and a child on the way. I did, did forty two from May to November. I was never home on the weekends. I was always working. And that model worked, but then of course we had this thing called the pandemic that shifted us. So I, during that time I re, I took whatever my, my gains were and I got I I had to go play in the digital strategy sandbox and figure out how how to obtain patience off the internet and I know what I'm doing. You figured it out. I figured it out. So, so I want to ask you this question because you've obviously built a, a very successful brand with successful products that are, you're gaining clients in ways that it's not even a 10 times multiple. It's, it's, right. it's significantly higher than what you used to do before. So how do you define the word success? Man, success is to me, Honestly, it's more about your time than your money. Whatever it is, I love the fact that now when I'm talking to my wife, it's, well, do we, do we have time to go do this? It's not a matter of the money. It's a matter of the time. Because we don't get that back. That second that just happened, it's never coming back, right? So for, for me, you know, business and money like i have everything that i want you know now it's about you know ensuring the success of my wife my son my soon-to-be-born child my immediate family it's taking care of people and that's what i like to do with money is i like to to take it and and insulate my family and and do things to help us be better but it's more about the time, you know? Can we go spend two weeks in Florida? Hmm, yes we can. Because we have done the work to create the resources and now we have the time. We control our time and we choose what we do with our time. So for me, that's success. It's, it used to be the, the simple version for decades with me. Jason was, Huh, it's Tuesday. The weather forecast today is calling for snow. Babe, would you like to go to Florida? <laughs> yes. Okay. The car will be here in 15 minutes. We'll be at the airport in 25. You know, we'll buy a ticket at the desk and go. Man, that's life. Yeah. Like, that's, that's life. That's freedom. I love, I love that your success definition is around time. Uh, because I teach my clients, my coaching clients this all the time. I talk about this all the time is that I, I want to be in the business of trading. I want to spend renewable resources to get non-renewable resources. A renewable resource is money. The dollar I spend today, I can get tomorrow. I can get 10 more tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But the time I spend today, I can't get back tomorrow. Can't. It's a non-renewable resource. So as entrepreneurs, we need to learn what you just said is the key to success is you got to figure out how to get time. And if, it, if you can invest money to get time, you should do it every single every time. time. Yeah. And, you know, I think my initial lesson on that, my mother told me this and I was mortified because I couldn't believe I was like this this early on. But my dad, we had two acres of grass that I had to cut with a push more. Starting two at the acres. <laughs> up uphill with pine trees and stuff. Like, it was bad. Going up under pine tree, ugh, everything crawling on you. She told me that I had paid one of my neighbors to cut our grass when I was like 10 or 11. I was like, I did, I, I was negotiating back then. 
But I did. I mean, listen, it took me two days. But I gave that guy. I gave that guy some money. He had a like a lot like a riding lawnmower. It took him two hours. You know, I go back and weed around the edges because I was saving a little money. But time, man. Time is the most important. It's commodity. the most important thing. Well, I love that you've built a life around your business that you can live uh, what I call the exit lifestyles, being able to, to leave when you want where and go where you want with whom you want, whenever you want. I love I love that you've done that because that's the central message of my coaching platform is exit without exiting. How do you figure out how to build a business where time is at your disposal rather than being a slave to that? So. So this is the root of all success. And then we talk, I love your definition of success. So let me ask you, and I think I know the answer to this with your definition of success. Do you consider yourself to be successful? You know what? It ebbs and flows, right? Peaks and valleys. But I can tell you on my, on my main timeline, I'm uber successful because I'm not getting up at 5am. You know, if I'm getting up at 5am, it's cause my son's up, right? It's not because I have this pressing deadline that I got to meet or I got to have this meeting at seven o'clock for what I like to sleep. And what's the point of working? If you're stressful, man, I'm in that age now where people are dying. Like people are dying all the time, you know? And, and my thing is, am I going to be a multi-billionaire? That's not, that was never my goal. My goal was when when my son, we go to Hawaii, can he bring Johnny? And it's a matter of whether or not Johnny's parents will let him go. Not a matter of how much it costs. That's where I'm at. That's that's where I want to be. You know, the other stuff, it, it doesn't like, man, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I love that. So I, I, I feel I feel very successful right now. And I love the, I love the confidence in that too. It's funny because I asked that question to every, you know, almost every yes. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think I get about 50%, like you answered absolutely hundred percent, like bam. And then the other 50%, they, they pause and they, they, it, it, certainly it's, it's actual humility. It's not a contrived or fake, but they're, they're like, man, maybe, you know, kind of, but, but when, when we finish the conversation, like, yeah, actually I am because you wouldn't be on the show. That's this show is about interviewing successful people and, and really success is in your you, your definition of success is the only one that matters. Because yes. if I define success as X, and that's what I'm aiming for, but you don't think that's success, then it doesn't doesn't matter. But let me let me kind of dig in a little bit, Alfonso. Because sure. what uh, you know, talking with Alfonso Harvey, uh, Music City Med built a, some um, an amazing business, helped to moms. So what I want to ask you now is what I've been asking entrepreneurs for the last decade or so, just in, as I became a successful entrepreneur, I wanted to know how did other people do it? And so I started asking these questions, whether it was here at the club over a, a <clears> glass <throat> of bourbon or if it was at dinner or somewhere, and just getting in rooms with people like you and say, well, how did you do it? And just casual conversations. And what I discovered is that there are these five keys that I saw that every single one of them were using. Every single one they could look, they unlock the door of success with these one of these or all the multiple of these five keys. So I want to talk about those five keys sure. and see how it played into your story. Okay. So here's the first one that I discovered, and I believe it's the most important, but it's not in isolation. It can't. It's not a key that can be used by itself, and that's passion. And and what most people think when I say that passion is a key to success is they think well you got to love it and be excited about it. And 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 while I think the loving it and being excited about that emotional side is a contributing factor. The key part of passion is what the word actually means, which means willing to endure. If you go back and look at the word passion, where it came from, it means willing to endure, which is why the passion of the Christ, the passion week is called that. I was a pastor for 13 years, never knew why we called it that. It's like, he doesn't seem very happy to me. <laughs> like, I don't understand why we're calling it that. But when I learned what the word actually means, like that makes sense. So what I'm saying is, and what I found, and I think it's true in your story too, is that your willingness to endure for the thing you're building is a key to your ability to succeed. What do you think? Uh, a thousand percent. I believe in delayed gratification, and I've been a practitioner of it, um, and I've been a caretaker of my dreams. You know, like people have this this thought that you you don't have to to go through hardship. My father was a pastor for 52 years. Really? Yes, until uh, his dying day. And the one of the thing, one of the lessons that my wife 
always reflects on what she thinks about my dad is when I would go out and do those 42 health fairs, well, you got to get your mule out the ditch, right? <laughs> we, we're not on, life ain't sweet. We got things to do. We got work to do. And regardless of how you're feeling, oh, you, cause them 42 events, if you know health fairs, you know, they're on Saturdays and Fridays. They're on the days when you want to hang out, do cool stuff. You know, I was committed, like supremely committed because I had a dream that I knew was going to work. And I knew that my wife was behind it. And I knew that this could be a transformational thing for me and mine. So you're talking about passionate. It didn't matter. I was going, my car was unusable for any other thing but health fairs because it had stuff in the trunk <laughs> all the time. I was ready to demo and, and, and educate and explain and, and walk people through it. And we were doing paper records. So, you know, on a successful day with 29, 30 people would sign up. Man, I'm 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 undoing paper and scanning with one of those neat desks scanners. You remember those? Oh, I do. Each page and each packet got eight pages. I got twenty nine clients. Man, I, I I just don't quit. I just keep going. So willingness to endure. Yeah, because you had a wife yeah. and a kid on the way. Yeah, like I'm gonna make this work, man. Oh, it's gonna work. It's yeah. gonna. It's. I have no. And I think a lot of thing. A lot of times, like entrepreneurs. Let me pause and say, man, I don't have a lot of patience for people that that say they're entrepreneurs and they're doing 16 things, dude. That ain't how this work. If this thing doesn't get you up out of bed at night because you're inspired when you're getting going and you're figuring out stuff, you got too much other stuff jamming your, your, your wavelengths, man. You got too much other stuff going on. You're not committed. So during that time, I was really guarded about my time. I said, man, I don't have time to talk to y'all. You're not, you're not trying like I am. You have nothing to risk because you're still a W2, man. Somebody's going to take care of you. I got to take care of me and my wife. Am I soon to be child? I have no bandwidth for anything outside of this realm. Now, if you're in that arena with me, okay, we can talk. Oh, Chase, let's get a drink, man. Who? Oh, what? How, how are you feeling today? Man, let me tell you, you know, checking on your strong friends. Me and Jason would do that a lot. But, I mean, that's, that's, that, that passion is absolutely important, man. Like, if you don't have it, what, what, dude, you ain't gonna make it. No, you ain't make no, it. you're not going to. Yeah. Well, so the so that I really like that perspective that you gave on the passion, and I could see it in your story, especially, you know, doing 42 health fairs over that period of time, not ever seeing, you know, the weekend. What what's the weekend? I don't even know what a weekend is. This is a work day that? for me. So so the second key that I found is not not only is passion, but it's being at the right place at the right time. And by the way, they all start with P because I was the old pastor. I got to do it. I got to do alliteration. You know what I'm talking about. I so do. passion and place. So right place, right time. And so a lot of a lot of people think that means you, you just luck upon. You get lucky and you're happen to be at the right place, at the right time. And I and a lot of envious, uh, small-minded people look at successful people like you and go, Yeah, he was just he was lucky, right place, right time. Now that's not. Sometimes that happens, right? But the reality is, is that you put yourself in the right place. You didn't yeah. know what it was, but you put yourself there. So yeah. what do you think about it? How did that happen for you? Man, I'm going to tell you an event that happened. Man, we went and did a health fair in Sudencombe Homes here in Nashville. I mean, it was a good event. We had got 10, 11 clients, but I made it my business to go talk to every vendor. And there was a vendor right next to us. And um, man, I just, I, I just did my normal. Hey, I'm Alfonso. We're here. This is what we do. Help the moms, hey, man, a year later, it's during the pandemic, I'm out walking. I'm on a walk in on the Greenway. And this lady calls me and she says, hi, I'm such and such. I was like, she's like, do you remember me? We were in a booth next to each other. I said, oh yeah, I do, how you doing? Well, I, I just really remember our conversation and um, I work for Department of Health 
in this program for expecting moms. And we would love for you to be the provider for our participants. Now, the only reason I got that opportunity was because I was in the arena. I was there and I was, and I valued every time that I went out, right? Now I went away from my family to try to make something happen. Get some kind of advance, like I learned at UPS. We're gonna close a contract, we're gonna get a reason to come back, we're gonna get a new contact. We're getting something. Yeah. We're getting something. And that was my mindset, my, my, my mind uh, state. And a year later, I'm literally out walking, Jason frustrated, trying to get some, blow some steam off. And this lady calls me, and that led to 200 clients. And then I was able to, but more importantly, I was able to say, hey, this is our partner. They trust us to do what we're we're doing, you know? And so when you talk about being in the right place at the right time, I was everywhere. Yeah, you were putting yourself yes. in those places. Yes. See, this is the thing too. A lot of entrepreneurs who want to do things, they they stay isolated. They stay in their bubble. They don't get out and do anything new. They don't, they don't. And while I don't agree with the hustle mentality where you just got to hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind all the time, there is a, there is a reason and time and season for you to be hustling, but they sit and they wait and they work and they wait and they work. And I'm like, you got to go put yourself out there, man. Join a club. Listen, I made a lot of money by being a member at the standard. I've made a lot of money by being, by being members of different organizations. Like I used to be a member of a thing called city current or it used to be accelerant. And I'm, members of chambers of commerce and I, I'm paying money and investing time, which is not renewable to get more opportunities. And so I think the entrepreneurs listen to this. I'm glad that you told your story because that one conversation with the lady who's next to you competing for the same eyeballs and ears that you were that day, you just went and talked to her. And then a year later you make, I don't know, you don't have to tell how much money you make, but you make a lot of money because of one 10 minute conversation. And it's still opening doors because of that, you know, I mean, we've just grown our reputation, you know, and I, I'm like, when people talk to me, I'm like, come back and holler at me after you failed a bunch, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and you've gotten to the point where you're okay with the nose. Cause if you're not okay with the nose, you're not going to know how to treat that. Yes. Man, will you give me a yes? got a whole onboarding system right there from my cell phone. Welcome letter. Here's how we get started. Oh, when can we expect our first transactions? Man, I, I, I saw it. Mm. I saw it. I lived it. I became numb to it. And now and that's what I do with my team is I have to get you. You got to go through your gauntlet because you got to get to the point where like my, my whole team was sick this week. I have five people that work with me here in Nashville. <clears throat> my, my director of ops, she was the only one. She was my least strong salesperson when I hired her, but she was my chief of staff then, but she's got promoted. She got promoted because of the base of my, my company. Everybody needs to be able to communicate the message effectively. Everybody. I don't care what your, your primary is. Secondarily, we are a sales-based organization. Because we, if we don't sell stuff, we can't pay for stuff. Can't do any good. We're not a nonprofit. <laughs> so, you know, I mean. Lots of entrepreneurs run nonprofits. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. You better go drive Uber. <laughs> and some do. I, I have. I took my wife to the Waldorf Astoria in 2018 off of Amazon Prime because the business was in the toilet. Like, I, I'm like, dude, make no excuse. Get your mule out the ditch, man. Figure it out. Yeah. Ask for help. Be, be, have enough humility to know where you are and where you're trying to get to. And then understand which conversations are the most important to have. So the third, the third key that I found, Alfonso, is that not only is it passion, not only is it being in the right place at the right time, but it's knowing the right people. And it's not just the good people in life. It's also the, the people that are negative influences, both, both positive and negative. Sometimes it's a single person. I have people sit across the couch from me, sometimes on the show, and they point to one human. They said, this one human was the key to my success. And other times they're like, man, I've got a dozen of people that I could think about. Now, we, you've already mentioned, we've mentioned Jason Rogel by name. I would imagine he is one of the right people that helped to promote you, but is it, besides him, and you could tell more of that story, but are there other people that helped you become successful? Um, 
I mean, yeah, there are other people. There are people that told me you're not you're not working hard enough, right? And for me being the way I am, I'm like, you have no idea how hard I'm working. But you know what? I'm just gonna work that much harder so that I don't even have to tell you what I'm doing. You're gonna see what I'm doing, right? So I appreciate, as people say, I appreciate the haters. It's not really a hater, that's just, that was a motivator. For me, that was a motivator. Um, definitely my wife, because of her, her belief in me and being one of the first true supporters of the company. Um, you know, but it's not all positive people that are gonna help you. Um, there are people that, that were negative or they would say, well, why are you doing that? And, and I'm like, man, if I'm getting that conversation, I'm doing the right thing. Because they don't understand it, you know? But I'm not selling to my friends. I'm not. I don't, you, you go on my social media, you won't see a lot of my business stuff. You'll see our community activations, because I want people to know about what we're doing for others. But I have a built-in community. I have a whole workforce that's pushing us down the road. So um, definitely Jason, um, for a lot of reasons. Not only just put me in this part of the business, but for being someone that I could talk to. Because uh, business owners, entrepreneurs know this is a very lonely place. Um, and then when the world is looking for you for one specific thing, Man, you might be struggling with your eyesight. Your back might be hurt. You know, like have have people that can really check on you. Like man and him, we worry about our health. You know, hey dude, go to the doctor. Hey dude, you need, you know, like it's 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 way deeper than just the money. You know, I used to be excited to have a conversation about the money until it's like well, we're making money. Okay, so what else are we doing? You know, he has a he has a, a child. Our children are a couple months apart. Now I'm going to a, to birthday parties, man. Like, how are we gonna get these kids growing up together, man? Like, it's so he, he's he's super important to me. That's good. Yeah, and I think back to in my story. You know, there are people I can point to. My wife being one of the greatest. Your wife's it, awesome. And yeah, she is. She made my wife feel really comfortable at that. Yeah, well, she's the nicest person on the planet Earth. Yeah, and she she sometimes does stuff. She goes, "You still think I'm nice?" I'm like, "Well, except for that, <laughs> you're the nicest person." But she's she's one of the people in my life, and I think back there's also some negative influences. There are people that did terrible things to me, and that did that put me in terrible positions, or or haters like you talked about that motivated me to be who I am today. And I think success can that that key of success, knowing the right people is not just what you think it is. It's not some a Daddy Warbucks going to show up and hand you money and say, good luck. It, it's, it's little relationships. I mean, you were friends with Jason before you even knew this thing existed. In college. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got memories of him with a, man. Just, <laughs> oh, now don't tell his stories. <laughs> man, I just smile and think about how far we've come. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember which episode it is, but for the listeners, Jason Rigel, uh was a, was a guest on my show months ago you need to, yeah. they need to go back and listen to that show he's yeah he's, he's he's super interesting so the fourth p the fourth key and they're all p's but the fourth key is preparation and you said something interesting in your story about being a club and party promoter in college and how it prepared you for this and i when you said it, i was like okay i know what i'm going to talk about there but i believe that the keys to success include preparation you can't be successful in something you're not prepared for Right. And you were prepared even in a way that you didn't expect. Right. So what do you think about that? So, I mean, it's just, it's creating building blocks, repeatable, formulaic building blocks. I even share this with some of my, my younger mentor, mentees now. It's like, dude, you're not reinventing the wheel every time. You got a hub and a spoke. Now, the, the tire may change because of the terrain, <laughs> but it's hub, spoke, you got a rim, dude. Like. Make that solid so that you don't have to think about it. Just how you're going to pepper, how you're going to to make this opportunity different. So for me, I learned. I I think it's it's if someone talks to me and I don't judge myself as some grand poobah, but I'm going to tell you, man, if you want to have a business conversation with me, first thing I'm going to ask you is who's your customer. And and for the listeners out there, I'm going to help everybody with the simplest definition I could think of. 
Think about the person that you sold to the easiest that wants your mom or dad. That's your customer. Yeah. Go find more of those. That's it. Think about who they are, their age, the everything about them. Her name's Sarah. She's 29. This is her second child. She's a single mom. She's having to get back on her feet quickly after she gives birth. You know, she makes forty-five to sixty thousand a year. That's my customer. I know who my customer is. And go find more of them. So that's being prepared. Like you, you need to know what you're doing, man. Don't don't be oh my my customers. Are, no, it's not. You're not going to sell anybody because you don't know who who that person is. And you know what? If you haven't been able to sell anything yet then who will take your free giveaway first? Yeah. <laughs> and then figure out how to market to these people, man. This is not rocket science. We're not going to Mars. And you did, you did all, you learned most of that growing up. And then also, you know, the, the lawnmower thing that you told that story, but also as a club promoter, party promoter, learning how to, to read who, who you should talk read to. Read the room. Yeah. Read the room and then know who, like, like for me, a lot of it went back to who you were dating. Like, no, who's coming to this party, and why? <laughs> who's who's your audience, sir, madam? Well, you got to know it. Well, the the fifth the fifth key that I found in all these conversations is that of plan, and 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 I only used the word plan because I needed another P word because <laughs> because I was going to say finances, but it was one F, and all the rest are P's. But my plan word is the successful entrepreneurs that I've interviewed. Uh, casually or formally, they had some sort of ability or plan to deploy financial resources to make their thing work. So, for instance, if you're going to start a, uh, an aeronautical company, you're going to start a, a pharmaceutical company, you're going to start anything, there's got to be a plan to finance that thing to get it off the ground. Some people have the luxury of bootstrapping it. That's what I did with my company. Other people have to go get investors. How, what was your plan to get M Music City Med off the ground. Uh, my my former the artist formerly known as my four hundred one k. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I'm telling you, uh, UPS was great to me with the stock match. I was able to take that money, and and move it into the business, right? Um, and then my wife came aboard, and she saw opportunity to, to be supportive. So it's really our thing. Right. And I love that because she gets to like, I take her on like the financial meetings and stuff, you know, cause I have a whole comptroller and all that stuff now, but you know, we're seeing you take something that you worked hard for and then put it in something else. And it, it, it creates, creates a multiple, man, I'm, I'm here for it. But it was that, that the artist formerly known as my 401k. 401k. Well, yeah, man. there's lots of terrible things about 401ks, but that's one of the good sides of 401k. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good thing. Well, entrepreneurs who are listening right now are entrepreneurs who are listening that have the 401k. They might not know that you can tap into that for, for, for reasons like this. So yeah. there, there are ways to do it without the tax uh, co uh, consequences as you would Consult otherwise your, get. Your, your local CPA. Yes, this is not tax advice. This is not tax advice. Well, let me let me ask you for this. Speaking of advice, so as we kind of close out our conversation, I want to, I want you to talk to the listeners. So on the listener scale, on the spectrum, there's entrepreneurs who haven't done anything yet. They want to. They're listening. They like the idea, but they're W two and they're addicted to it. And they can't figure out how to make that leap. And then on the other end, we got super successful nine figure, you know, entrepreneurs and everybody in between. Sure. But I want to talk to that first group. I want you to talk to them because you were at one point the corporate guy and you you made a leap for, for different various reasons, which we've talked about. But what would you say to that listener, to that person who is sitting in their car right now, driving home from work, whatever, walking the dog on the weekend, and they haven't taken the leap? What, what's your advice as a successful entrepreneur to them? I would say start today. And you can do it in a semi-comfortable fashion. And what I mean by that is you got you can take one weekend, one day out the weekend, and you're a hundred percent committed to being an entrepreneur that day. So like the example I'm using is Saturday we're at the at the farmers market. This is what we're doing. And then as that potentially grows and develops, it may replace other days of the week. But you gotta you cannot be tepid with entrepreneurism. Like I'm gonna tell you. 
Don't talk. Don't and and then this is like don't don't be that person that comes up to someone that you know does nothing else but what they do, and and want to have a conversation with them. Well, you know, I still work over here at X. Well, then go to X because you will never understand me. I'm in control of my P&L, man. Like I'm making different decisions than you. So be respectful when you when when you talk to these 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 grizzly wizened entrepreneurs because we are thinking about everything you have the luxury of thinking about specific things because you're w2 nothing wrong with that understand that um it's a privileged position because someone is taking care of you but for us we're out here like man i'm thinking about everything so be be think be be be, be understanding when they don't want to hear your bs man like they don't want to hear that. Like, talk to me about your Saturday. Hey, we're we're at, we're we're at the Mercantile, cause you know me and my wife we make soap in the evening after work. Now you're interested in me, because you're committed to doing something, and this is the one day a week you're exhibiting that. But don't talk to me about well, you know my part time or my my hustle. If you say hustle to me, I'm never listening to you again. Yeah. This ain't a hustle. This is how I feed my family, man. How I feed my mama, cause she's on my payroll. Don't play with me. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not here for your entertainment. Oh, let's go talk to an entrepreneur, the risk taker. I know. I know a risk taker. Nah, dude. <laughs> come back to me when you failed a few times. You yeah. Said, you come said. back. <laughs> come back then. And then we'll talk. Yeah. Then we have something in common. Yeah. Cause we're not this. We're not thinking about this thing the same way. And, and there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but don't enter in my arena and think you're going to get in because you, you bought a ticket. No, nah, dude, you, you got to train and be prepared and be willing, willing to take on what's right here in front of us. Well, so people are listening are going to be impressed with the story. I know I am. So how would people get in touch with you? How would they engage? Man, I'm a, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm around. I do a little bit of LinkedIn. I'll be honest. I just hadn't done a lot of it because it's, it's a lot of people that I don't really need to talk to. <laughs> um, from my perspective, that's probably going to change as we, we add some different um, iterations of the business. Um, but I'm available. Uh, where where the business is at help to moms on Instagram. Help to T O Help to Moms. Yeah. Okay. We're help to moms.com. Um you can find me at uh, if you want to email me, I'm Alfonso at help to moms. Uh and Alfonso's A L P H O N S O. Yeah. And uh I'm also I'm on my private no, it's not even private, CEO Harvey is my handle on social media. Um, I, I would change my moniker because, you know, I, I, you know, but I'm cool. I like it. Yeah. And I got a lot of cachet on there. So I, I like to cook, I like to hang out with the family, like to hang out with my friends. Um, CEO Harvey's a good place to find me. Well, Alfonso, it, this has been cool, man. I mean, we, we've known each other you know, casually here at the sure. club, not, not intimately, but we've casually known each other. But this has been so cool, hearing your story. And it was it was really good getting to sit down and have dinner with you and your wife when we were at that event several months ago. But well, man, we coming to the next bonfire. You should have been there, man. man. I had like 100 people at the house, man. Man. It was crazy. We, Jason brought a, his entire entourage. I know. He has an entourage. <laughs> yeah, we had a, my wife had a concert that night. Yeah, well, so. we had a good time. But, well, next time, next yeah. time. Well, thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure and an honor to talk to you and hear your story. Thank you for the transparency and kind of showing us what it's like. And congratulations on your success, man. It's, it's hey, man. And you got a never-ending supply of customers. I know. Look at his face. You got to go watch the YouTube version of that. That's a good clip right there. I know, I know. All right, well, there you have it. Yet another successful entrepreneur who shared his story about how he became successful. And, and I'm telling you, these five keys will unlock the door of success for you. You just got to figure out where they are in your life. It's, it's where are you passionate? Where are you willing to endure for things? What Are you putting yourself in the right place? The guy did 42 health fairs in a very short period of time, putting himself in that place, talking to those other vendors at the fair, knowing the right people, being prepared. What What is it? There's probably something in your life 
that you did that you have not yet thought that connects you to success? What is it? What did you do as a kid, as a teenager, as a young adult? What have you done that can prepare you for that? Think about those things and then look at what your plan's gonna be because it takes money to make businesses work. Some people bootstrap it, some people 401k it, <laughs> and some people go get investors, but whatever it is, you gotta have that plan to make that work. That's what this show is about. And I love talking with people like Alfonso. So we're gonna continue this conversation every single week here on The Root of All Success. But I wanna, I wanna make an offer to you. So what I do as a coach every single day is I work with entrepreneurs who are already entrepreneurs, but they wanna live a better life. They wanna have that time. You remember Alfonso was talking early on about how time is his definition of success or it plays into his definition. I teach entrepreneurs how to exit their business without having to sell it. How do you set a business up that doesn't require you to be in it every day? How do you set up a business to run where you're the owner investor of the business, but not the owner operator of the business? That's what I do. And I run an exit accelerator. It's a group coaching cohort, live coached by me. We do it over 12 weeks by Zoom, eight sessions, and I only take 12 entrepreneurs at a time. And if you wanna be in the next one, all you gotta do is go to exitwithoutexiting.com. You can sign up right there, but I'll give you a deal. If, as a listener to the show, if you will DM me at the real Jason Duncan, either on LinkedIn or Instagram, that's where I play most of the time, and you say, I heard you on the show with Alfonso, I want that discount, I'll give you $500 off the next cohort. And we do a cohort model. So it's Exit Accelerator, go to exitwithoutexiting.com. So thank you for listening today. Tune in again next time. When I talk with yet another amazingly successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am the real Jason Duncan, and Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business, grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.